Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Hugh Porter, uh, son Damon, is currently playing down at uh, Arizona State. Uh, so, uh, obviously, Damon's been able to overcome his father's uh, genetics. Uh, you can text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Uh, we will tell you we will have, I've got a, well, it's not that hard if you think about it, but a challenging trivia question coming down the pipe at 125. But as we do every Thursday at 105 for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar, we welcome back to the show. From NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, longtime NHL executive on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, Brian Burke. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, we've spent a lot of time, believe it or not, in the first half hour of the show talking about uh, car racing and the uh, need for speed, uh, just based on uh, the sports documentary, uh, Senate. It would have been nice if I would have brought this up with you about an hour and a half ago. But have you seen any sports docs lately? Because we're all sports fans. Yeah, working hockey, great. Uh, but uh, is there anything that's kind of, uh, you know, you, you watched, say, in the last three to six months that you felt was pretty entertaining? Uh, not not sports documentaries. I've been watching that uh, the colorized World War II documentary, which oh, yeah. I find very interesting. Yeah, I saw that too. But, That's uh, an excellent, excellent, well done yeah. presentation. Yeah, it teaches you a lot each on a, a daily basis, uh, just in terms of appreciating maybe what guys went through that we didn't know at times. You know what I'm saying, Brian? Oh yeah, and, and like I said to my kids, they're complaining about lockdown, and I'm like, in World War II, my dad was in the Navy. He was left home, didn't see his my mom or his parents or his brothers for three years. <laughs> so we can get through this. No kidding. And, and we uh, this has been one of the rare days where we've tried to avoid the co- the COVID talk uh, altogether. Uh, the NHL and the NHLPA are talking. Uh, is less more in terms of the less information getting out right now? Is that better, actually, because it's a sign of maybe they're making a little bit of headway? What do you think? Yeah, one thing that impressed me when they when they made the last extension and when they made the deal in March and further extended the CBA, there was very little leakage, and I think that's a sign of professionalism on both sides and aggravating to people like us in the media, I guess, but I actually respect that. So I think less is more. I do think they're going to make a deal. I just, I, I like you and I talked about earlier, Bob, and and people think I'm a hard ass in negotiations because I was on the labor side, on the management side, in two of the lockouts, and it was a lead negotiator. And I don't; these numbers don't work. These numbers don't make any sense. And uh, like to cap escrow at twenty percent and do a ten percent deferral, so they're getting seventy cents on the dollar. The players. Yep. And then have a reduced season and not prorate that. That they were supposed to get seventy cents on the dollar for an eighty-two game season. Now it's going to be half that, 
and they're like, well, we can't touch our deal. It just it's a 50-50 partnership, and that money's going to have to be accounted for at some point. So how does Gary Bettman, Brian, sell that to the owners who've got to sign on this from a Board of Governors level? Well, I, I don't know, except the, the one theory that was put forward to me, and, and this would make sense from all, all corners if it works. So the troublesome season is going to be this one between January and July. Then we're back on our clock, hopefully. Vaccination has taken place. We're back to somewhat normal. It won't be completely normal. We won't have revenues back where they were. There's too much unemployment and too much damage done. But back to somewhat normal. So I think the players are saying if Gary can get the new uh, USA television network contract, if that's a big number, that could maybe pay the owners back their losses. It wouldn't change. It wouldn't drive the cap up at all but it wouldn't count as hockey-related revenue. They'll isolate and recover those funds. That's the only theory where this makes sense to me. Uh, Forbes had a report out yesterday, Brian. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, the number they had, $20 million per team for national television between Canada. That's the money that comes in from Rogers uh, and from NBC. Uh, and as we know, the deal for the U.S. is $200 million a year. And Canada's uh, the deal from Rogers is north of 400 million per year, so they're actually getting two thirds. The teams are getting two thirds of their money, technically, from the Rogers deal. 20 million a year per team in the NHL from a national TV deal. The NFL has 260 million per team. Kind of explains why they can afford to play without fans. Um, I mean, is it is it feasible? Is it reasonable that there would be a significant spike with a new NHL deal? Can they at least get to the level that Rogers is uh, contributing each year to the National Hockey League? Well, I think we're going to find that out in a hurry. I think the expectation is that the deal would go to something like that level. But, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not taking anything for granted after this past year. I can't wait for this year to be over. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people that are uh, thinking that way. Uh, and, and you, so how, do, how does how does Gary make this good with you? Know, if he says, "Look, we're going to take a hit here. Uh, it's going to be big. The the players are going to basically be owing a 600, you know, potentially anywhere. Let's say that's let's just throw a number out there, Brian. 550 to 700 million in that range uh, for the year. How does Gary make that good long term? First off, the answer is that's about the right number. It's going to be somewhere in that ballpark. And how do you make it up is, okay, if, if for example, the players don't want to take a hit bigger than 30%, and I don't like the players having to take a hit. I'm not saying that, oh, they've got to absorb all this. But I had a GM tell me that they're modeling at 30% revenues from last year. So they're going to uh, uh, modeling it to lose seventy percent of their revenues, and this is yeah. a team that does not does not make money. And so we're, it's going to be bleak. I also am very curious. You know, the revenue sharing where the, the wealthy teams prop up the smaller markets, that pool is going to dry up to nothing too. Like that's eight and a half percent of hockey related revenue. That that's good for this year because we played into March, but that's going to dry up in this upcoming shortened season. Uh, so I don't know how you make it up. I think, like I say, the one theory I've had advanced to me by an owner is that the thinking is we get the TV deal. It, any, any increase is not distributed to the to the uh, players at all. It's just flat cap, and HRR stays the same, and that's where they recover the money. But it has to be a pretty big deal to make back six or seven hundred million bucks. How do you think the agents deal with that? I mean, you think they? they Aren't they going to be sitting there digging their heels and saying, wait a sec here, that's HRR, that's got to go back in the kitty? 
Uh, well, the, the, the answer is that the cap goes to $60 million for a couple of years. And you recover, if the cap drops $10 million with 31 teams, you recover $310 million. Yep. So that's that's only half. If you drop the cap by 10 mil, you only recover half that money. So the answer is they're 50-50 partners. I don't know how they do it, but they're going to do it. The owners are not going to walk away from that kind of money. Brian, you know, it's interesting. Brian Burke joining us for Canadian Power Pack. Bob Stoffer with you know Oilers now. You ran the gamut in terms of teams that you oversaw, right? Like, I mean, you're of the Leafs. That's a team that's valued at $1.5 billion. Vancouver, uh, and I'm not sure this was necessarily the case when you were there, but they're, they're, they're relative to the NHL. They're, for a number of years, They have, recently, they've been a revenue contributor. Uh, you were also in Hartford, small market team, Anaheim. Uh, I don't. Would it be fair to call Anaheim a smaller market team, or are they a mid-sized yes. market? They're a small market. No, I'd team. say smaller. Yeah. And then you're with the Flames, who, uh, because of their building, I think it's fair to say had some limitations, which is part of the reason why they needed. Is it a completely different world when you're in Toronto than when when yes. you were in Anaheim? Then you, when you're in Anaheim, in terms of uh, of how you deal with things and, and and the planning that takes place in those markets. And I remember when I started in 1987 working for Pat Quinn, our team lost money and our top ticket was $26. And, and we lost over a couple million dollars the first two years. So I came to the school where you squeeze every penny till it screams. Right. And we watched every line item in the budget. We watched like hawks. So I'm old school that way. So my habits didn't change when I got to Toronto, but it's it's different. You go to a board meeting and they say, what else do you need? It's not like, you know, how do you justify asking for this budget? It's like, what else do you need? So it's very different. Very do, you different. Think, do you think even for the Rangers, the Leafs, the Canadians, the Blackhawks, the Bruins, those five teams that Forbes all ranked north of $1 billion in uh, uh, value, uh, valuation, do you, do you think there's maybe a, been a, 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 some reckoning and some tightening that's going to take place as a result of what's occurred here? Absolutely. You'll see it with travel. Like when, when your teams are all making money, you, you drop your you do Air Canada Jets. So the company that all the Canadian teams use is Air Canada Jets, J-E-T-Z. And you've flown on those planes, Bob. It's first-class yes. travel. Unbelievable. It's awesome. You do a great it's job. awesome. It's awesome. But it's, thir- it's $32,000 an hour, too. And teams just seem, like like the league. My last year in Calgary, the league flew us into Toronto on a on a uh, Tuesday. We played Wednesday night, post game charter to Montreal. Played Thursday night, came home. We dropped three hundred grand in airfare to play two games. That's not going to happen anymore. So I think there will be some belt tightening that comes to this, and that's a good thing. And I think the, the, the lessons that are learned here are going to be, okay, we've got to do this differently. And I, I look at the, the whole issue of signing bonuses and how players are treated differently just is really unfair to me. For some players to get all their money in July and others now to not get it, that, it makes no sense to me. I've never understood it from the union's perspective. Right, if, I'm gonna... I'm a, if I'm a teammate – if I if I'm one of the grunts in in Toronto, I would be like, wait a second. So Muzzin gets a big signing bonus, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, and I I got to wait for my dough. Yeah, that's well, and I'm going to ask you a question out of that, uh, and it's it's not an easy one, but I'd like to. It, is it possible that teams that have paid, like as an example, the Maple Leafs paid Austin Matthews on July 1st $15.2 million of a signing bonus. You mentioned the other three guys. So let's just say those four players are north of $30 million. 
is it possible that teams like that actually don't want to play this year because they're saying, damn it, if I'm going to pay that signing bonus, I want that money in a complete full season where I can recoup the clock, uh, the, the cost, and maybe the contract would just push forward for another year and it wouldn't count at all this year if we didn't play. Is that Could there be some owners thinking that way? Yeah, I've, I've had that expressed to me by at least one owner, that, that both sides of it. One is that, hey, I already paid these guys. I want to play. We've already invested $40 million right. in signing bonuses. We want to play now, right now in January. Other guys say, no, just not play and carry it forward. It's going to cost the league way more to play with no fans than it would be to not play. The Maple Leafs. Like between... one, one, GM, one GM said to me, it will cost us $15 million if we shut her down. And it'll cost us $60 million if we play. Brian, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Mitch Martin are just fast-tracked their bonus uh, structures and their deals. $42 million already paid out to those three players. Yikes. Yep. That is uh, that is crazy stuff. But it does look like you're 100% in belief that we're going to play at this stage. Is that right? Not 100%, but pretty close, yeah. And I think that's really good news for everybody. And I, I think for one season, an all-Canadian division would be really exciting as well. Brian, do you look at alternative revenue sources in order to offset this and defray this case in point? Uh, and I think I know which way you might be leaning on this. How would you feel if uh, there was a massive Air Canada logo on the Montreal Canadiens jersey? <laughs> you know, I despise the idea. I work I work for teams with just iconic sweaters. I cannot imagine a Ford logo or an Air Canada logo on a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater. I can't. I cannot imagine it. But my prediction is, and Gary has fought the good fight on this, because we've got owners that would vote for anything. We, even the uniforms like they have in Sweden, with the signage on the socks, the pants, the sweater, the gloves, the helmet. And you look at a Swedish hockey player, we've got owners that would vote for that because of the revenue. But I do think that, that it's a fight Gary will lose ultimately because someone is going to pay a top dollar. And right now, I, I have to I have to shrug a little bit and say, you know what, whatever they have to do right now, you kind of have to raise your hand and vote for it, in my mind. Same with different travel. different. Okay, if you're an Edmonton Oilers season ticket holder, do you really want to see Montreal three nights in a row or three night, three games in four nights? No, but would you put up with it for this year? Yeah, they're going to have to. So to me, I'm, I'm, I have very different rules in a pandemic than I would otherwise. I despise the thought of advertising on a sweater, but I think it's a fight Gary's going to lose before we're done. It's ironic because I, I believe it's Robert Kraft of New England and Jerry Jones of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. They've actually invested in one of those uh, sports gaming websites, you know, fantasy football or whatever. What, what about, uh, does it concern you at all that the NHL maybe continues down the path in terms of uh, with gambling agents, you know, gam gambling properties to drive some revenue that way as well? Yeah, well, keep in mind, the, the league said no to, they did not want to be involved with gambling. And people in Edmonton would, would remember this if they're my age or older, but I have personally lived through two gambling scandals involving sports. One, the, the NBA referee, Tim Donahue or Donahue, whatever yep. his name was. Yep, yep. And then the Boston College basketball scandal where they were shaving points. I, this happened in my lifetime. It happened in Boston College. Happened when I was in law school. 
So it's really easy to get in trouble with gambling people. They start asking questions, and the league said, we're not going to be associated with, with gambling. And I supported the league. Gary did a pivot on that when states started approving legalized betting on sports. On the pivot being, and I support him completely, even though I said we should never be involved with sports, sports betting. But if they're going to make it legal and everyone's making money off it, you're darn right I want our piece of it. Yeah, and I think the, that's what changed the the NBA changed first, and Gary changed afterwards. And people say, "Oh, Gary did a one eighty on this." So you're darn right he did. He should have. The Boston College one was that the one that was referenced in Goodfellas? The yeah. movie Good, yeah, with Henry Hill. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. There was uh, Brian. There was one with the Tulane Pipeline out of uh, with Tulane University, and three of the guys that were kicked out of the NCAA ended up playing for uh, the University of Brandon. Not surprisingly, they won a couple national championships back to back in Canada. So crazy stuff. Love it. Hey, Brian, next week what we're going to do is we close in on this, if we can, is I'll get your thoughts one through seven with a little bit more detail on the strengths and weaknesses of the respective Canadian teams for the Canadian division, okay? Okay. Awesome stuff today. Thanks for your time, Brian. Thanks, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is Brian Burke, longtime NHL executive. He was bringing it. No question about that. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Dexter says, we want gambling. Um, can text the show to Sandy Ashley Fine Floors text line. No matter what a team is worth, the owner can't spend the team's value. It's like having a million-dollar house but no cash in the bank. You can't spend the doorknob. And again, you can text us at 780 Katie K texts the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Has got engaged during this interview with Brian Burke. Again, for Canadian Power Pack, Katie K says, Small market American teams are simply the failures of expansion with fair weather fans who can uh, only attend when the team wins and or tickets are free. American expansion was the worst thing to happen to the NHL and has cannibalized the quality and the financial stability of the league from Katie K. And again, you can text us at any time at 780 Six, three. Keep it coming. Oh, man. I think I'm going to have to ask it. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's a reasonably challenging trivia question coming up for Greta Barr when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's time. Let's get after it. We are going to get to what is now trivia brought to you by Greta Global Street Food. Greta Bar, eat, drink, and play. Brendan Escott, what are we playing for? Oh, when uh, those games open up, those big arcade-style games at Greta Bar, it's a $50 gaming credit to, uh, to have a little fun there. Here we go. Name the Edmonton Oiler who scored 27 goals in his first 32 games as an Oiler. Name the, obviously a former, I'll give you a hint, a former Edmonton Oiler who scored 27 goals in his first 32 games as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. 
he'd already required or uh, recorded a 50 goal season before coming to Edmonton. The call in number on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline is 780-496-0063. And it has a little to do with the state in NHL history as well, Oilers history. All right, uh, I do want to tell you, cars cost less than a task win, but outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Rich Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event is currently taking place down at Brent Ridge. Great people, great service. They're transparent. Let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. They know a little about hockey, too. They love the Oilers. Even got a couple Flames fans working there. And you can reach them at one 477 3673 or visit com. Brendan will uh, inform us as to when we get a winner. In the uh, trivia question, name the uh, Oiler player who scored 27 goals in his first 32 games in Edmonton. Bob, you're mentioning, um, you were mentioning best sports documentaries, and part of the genesis of this was the reference I made to Senna, which Kevin Quinn for years had recommended that I watch about Ayrton Senna, the great Brazilian F1 driver. Got us in a conversation about car driving movies, and then I asked Brian Burke whether or not he'd seen anything good, and he talked about World War II in color, which is terrific on Netflix. John took the time to Texas on uh, our river on the uh, Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, "Bob, the best sports documentary I've seen on thirty th- or th- for thirty for thirty was to the limit about NASCAR's Tim." Richmond, who is a rising star and flamboyant playboy on NASCAR's racing circuit, just as he was peaking and getting into his prime in the late 1980s, he was diagnosed with AIDS. Incredibly interesting and sad story. I've never watched a NASCAR race in my life, and yet I couldn't turn away during the documentary. Um, and then a uh, best overall documentary was Cowpo- uh, Cocaine Cowboys on the uh, Miami uh, cocaine uh, drug trade. And, well, I'm sure many of the listeners to the show watch Narcos. And uh, both the uh, the Narcos Columbia uh, one, obviously, uh, <laughs> about Pablo Escobar, and then the Medellin uh, cartel, and then later uh, the Mexico, Narcos Mexico. It's pretty interesting stuff and educational to say the least. Uh, he is the biggest Boston Bruins fan in the 630 Chad building. Years ago, he used to be the public address announcer at University of Alberta Golden Bears games in the late 1980s. Randy Kilburn up next with a global news weather traffic update. And then Jack Michaels, my play-by-play partner on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.